With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Anonymous Eagle Podcast. My name is Patrick Leary. I'm joined, as always, by Sam Newberry. Sam, we are still flying relatively high. Uh, yeah. On the wings of what was a beautiful, necessary, all the good words you can think of victory uh, for Marquette yesterday against Kansas State. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start with it? Because I was, uh, I just think um, as an experience, it was a, um, it was a cathartic sort of victory for Marquette um, because uh Team, uh, good teams have not been taken care of easily uh, in the Wojo era, um, I would say. And that game yesterday, while, and we'll get into a lot of the threads with it, while it was frustrating at times, um, there was nothing really difficult in the final estimation uh, with that game, I would say. No, I mean, I thought it was going to be a lot more competitive. Um, and then it kind of, I mean... It was close, you know. It's only, it was. It was a 12-point win, but it, it it never felt like it was unmanageable or close. It, it just, it, it, yeah. there's no better way to put it. It just never felt like it was that close of a game. I mean, you, you felt like at points uh, that the game could kind of slip away as it has occasionally. Um, and, you know, Kansas being the most recent example of a game that Marquette was winning that they let slip away. Um, but... I guess it, it threatened to at points. Like, I know, and I don't know if you noticed this, but um, when the crowd didn't come back to their seats to start the second half, yeah. um, and Kansas State scored, like, four points in quick succession, and Marquette had a bunch of turnovers, uh, and it was, like, starting to be like, okay, like, we're not carrying any of our momentum over because of uh, because of nobody's in their seats. But I think that's probably the only time I was like, okay, maybe Kansas State can get back in this one. Um, because... I think, and this will probably be what I'll remember most about this game, is it was sort of officiated into oblivion. Oh, um, God. Yeah. It was, it was awful. Uh, no, like, I said this to you before, like, no one wants to watch that game. Like, if you're an NBA snob and you refuse to watch college basketball because of, you know, the quality isn't as good, that's a game you point to because it could have been good. I mean... Marcus Howard had 45 points, and he went about it like an absolute killer at times. But um, the 53 fouls that the referees whistled completely took any sort of rhythm out of the game, and it, like, strategically neutralized a lot of parts of both teams' games. Like, I think probably the biggest effect it had is uh, Dean Wade fouled out in the second half like I think entirely in the second half. I don't think he had a foul at halftime. I there was a there was a point where I think he got like four f- personal fouls yeah. in a minute. Right. It was just it was absurd and uh, Mikhail McQueen, the other big man for Kansas State also fouled out. Um, Marquette basically went to uh, Matt Helt again for he played 10 minutes this time. 
but he played it in the same role he did against Kansas as sort of the the body to throw in there when Ed and Theo both have two fouls. Um, yeah, it, it was just it was a miserably officiated game. I don't think I, as a um, spectator, let that get in the way of enjoying Marquette getting their. I, I thought I heard someone. Did you call it their third biggest win? I, I, I was having yeah. a conversation with somebody about that yesterday. I don't remember if that was you. Or yeah, that was me. So yeah, I mean, you think obviously the best win Wojo's ever had was the Villanova win. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to be topped. Um, you would think that maybe the Henry Ellinson at Wisconsin that year, even though we were not that great right. as a team, Wisconsin was still pretty good, and to beat them on their home floor was pretty big. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of have to argue that this is the next big one. Yeah, I mean, I I would say for a lot of reasons this is big. Um, you know, this is the team that carried um, the most amount of expectations a Wojo team has ever had um, into the year, and they had um, they'd had two opportunities to get a win that they could tuck in their back pocket and say this is our. This is our defining win, or like we can beat legit teams, and yeah. they hadn't taken advantage yet. Um, Indiana, obviously, they were never in, but Kansas, like, they let that one get away, so to speak. You know, going into the game, you wouldn't have thought that they could have won that game under very, unless it was very uh, f- uh, fortunate circumstances. They just played really well in that first half, but then obviously they shut down. So, I mean, this for a team that is really, really banking on the NCAA tournament being a productive uh, productive uh, reality this spring. Um, this is one where, and again, I don't know if it'll age as well because I think there's a lot with Kansas State um, that they showed in that game that maybe is not a top 10, top 15 kind of team. Yeah. I mean, they're a very experienced team, but for their best player, and you wrote ad nauseum about Dean Wade in your in your uh, preview. Uh, he didn't do anything. Like I mean, he hit, he he hit his only field goal of the first half as the buzzer was expired. Yeah, yeah, it was like a three from the top of the game. Right, and he had made four free throws to that point. Um, he basically the only thing he did of note was sort of take Sam out of the game before Sam let Fowles take him out of the game. Um, that was like the only thing that I was like, okay, Dean Wade did this well. He was really quiet besides that. Um, I don't know if it was a factor of Marquette's defense, which by the way is now up to 46 and Ken Palm. Don't freak out too much, but that's kind of amazing. Slams panic button next to <laughs> yeah. self. 50, top 50 defense all of a sudden. Let's calm down, but that's starting to look somewhat legit and I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, I, I was just not impressed by him. Um, I would say that uh, as an entity, the Kansas State backcourt is good, um, but they're gonna need like they're gonna need one to be able to go to on a regular basis, and they didn't really have that in that game. Barry Brown was terrible. Well, Barry Brown also had. I mean, he only ended up with three fouls, but he got teed up or uh, or, or late in the yeah, first half, right? For what looked like nothing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he. I, the only thing I could think when I saw that um, was that he may have said something to the referee. Um, he did sort of complain, but he didn't complain in a way that would have been a guaranteed technical by any yeah. means. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was a, a non-factor offensively. 
Um, they have four guards who I think you can really say are pretty solid um, with uh, Stokes, Brown, Sneed, and Jara, but um, I don't think any of them stood out to me as like, all right, yeah, that guy's got to be um, got to be the guy that is the go-to guy. The yeah. fifth guy they had in there, McGurl, played a lot, and he, he did not impress me. Double zero with like yeah. the, the hair that, and he was like, he missed every shot he took from the field. Uh, so I think they have a solid group, but I guess um, I think a lot of their high rating so far this season is because of their experience level um, and that they have sort of those seven dudes um, or so um, to be able to, you know, be solid uh, role players. Uh, but, I mean, they hadn't beaten anyone before that game and they didn't look good at all in that game. So no. that's one where you're like, I don't know if that win that win is going to age super well because they have to play in the best conference in the country this year, and I don't know if they'll hang in together. But I think just given the fact that that's a really good team on paper and that win delivered in every way and was comfortable is just a really good sign overall for the team. Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest I'm still kind of worried about the offense. Um, it yeah, helps sure. when you have somebody go for 45. <laughs> Um, I would know. I would say so. That's um, that's a fair point. <laughs> but I one thing we did really well yesterday, and I know Sam being positive, it's a new one. Yeah. But one thing we did really well is we had a game plan for them. It looked like we were prepared for what they were going to do offensively. They were always touted as a much better defensive team than offensive team, sure. <laughs> but we looked ready to defend them. We took Dean Wade out of his game. Joey played good defense against Dean Wade yep. and didn't let him dominate like he can. Yeah, Joey and Sam as a as a collective. Um, now I feel like Wade is the kind of player that those two are capable of defending because they obviously struggle with the more athletic wing types. Yeah. But Joey having what seemed like a somewhat minor ankle injury, but also probably one that kept him on the bench a little bit more. Um, then he probably would have. He probably would have played more than 24 minutes, I would guess, if he wasn't uh, hurt going into that game. Um, but I thought he did a good job. You're right on Wade, and you know Wade obviously fouled out rather early, so it yeah. didn't end up uh, being a huge deal. Um, but yeah, no, the defense was great. They yeah. took they took uh, they took Wade out of the game. Um, they forced uh, Kansas State into 22 threes. Yeah. Um, which is not Kansas A's game. Now, I mean, to be fair, we both teams were 6 of 22 from 3. That's yeah. a lot more shocking for us. Right. But the fact that we're forcing Kansas State to take threes when it's clearly not their strong suit means we were just ready defensively and we were playing well defensively. They didn't ever look like they had the ability to beat us. No, and that was shocking. I mean, yeah. I, I thought... Um, what I was sort of expecting was Marquette has been playing rather tentatively, especially to start games, and I was sort of expecting Kansas State to um, be be there, be ready to go, and have their um, have their A game there, and you know bring their experience. But instead, they looked like the team that hadn't played anyone because they hadn't, yeah. um, and they were not ready uh, for uh, what Marquette could do. And I I thought that. Um, they may have made a tactical error having Wade sort of take Sam Hauser out of the game because I think that sort of was like, okay, like make Marcus Howard beat you. And 
man. Marcus he Howard beat him. <laughs> Marcus Howard beat him, man. Oh my goodness. What I mean, uh, biggest takeaway um, from his stat line is he made all seven of his twos, which for a guy that's 5'11", 175 pounds, going clattering into big guys a lot, that's super legit. Um, but the foul drawing was key. I mean... Uh, 19 to 21 from the free throw line. That's an off game for him from the free throw line as yeah. far as uh, conversion goes. That's below his uh, career percentage, which is disgusting. Um, but uh, he absolutely, uh, you know, he, he had his A game. And he, uh, I remember when Wade checked back in with four fouls, um, I saw they had his, they had Marcus's face on the big screen as they were coming out of that stoppage and Marcus you know yelled at Wojo and asked Wojo if he had four fouls if Dean Wade had four fouls and Wojo presumably gave him um you know the uh the you know positive sign that yes he did have four fouls um and then I believe it was the next trip down Marcus went right at Dean Wade got around him got the angle and fouled him out of the game and it was just killer and uh did you say he waved him he waved him out I think somebody said he okay. he waved. Okay, that that is savage. And I, if he did that, sweet baby Jesus, I hope he did. That'd yeah, be great. That that's savagery. And then I believe, like you know, like five minutes later, he fouled me wean out too. I didn't see any. I didn't see any sort of like call for it as savage as the Wade was one no. was. But he he fouled he fouled the other big guy out, and that Austin Trice guy that they kept putting in as the as the backup was. Uh, ill-equipped uh, to handle uh, a, a Division One workload. He did, uh, I believe, was it him? No, I don't think it was him that gave him the Shake Shack. It was good to see the Shake Shack yeah. back again. That, that, just to say that, is amazing. Like Whoever came up with that promotion needs to be promoted. Seriously. And, like, it seemed like such a stupid idea, too. But then the execution of it is so perfect. And... I don't know. Uh, who I, somebody was saying to me at the game that I think the they need to uh, extend it to um, like the second time it's a medium instead of a small. So Ooh. so you keep you keep going up a size every time they miss two free throws because they did it again and the crowd was significantly more subdued after they'd won the free shake. And yeah. somebody at Marquette just needs to be like Shake Shack. This is like a game changer for us. Like extend the promotion so big. we can like. Like, honestly, like, that is... Can you imagine, like, not knowing, like, that that's a thing, and then missing a free throw, and you're just thinking they're yelling at you, and then the whole crowd starts screaming at you, and you have no idea what to do? Like, how do you even handle that as a player? That's in, that's an incredible advantage, and it's, like, created off of this, like, throwaway, stupid-sounding promotion that's been fantastic. I just... I can't believe that a freaking Shake Shack... Uh, giveaway has like galvanized the student section but it, whatever it takes man it's it's amazing uh so i mean that's a that's another you know awesome thing that happened yesterday um i'm gonna talk about sakar anim um there was i mean that was sakar anim's best game of the season well he he was only one of five at the free throw line there's that yeah but and he did turn the ball over three times but otherwise I mean, six of eight from two. He looked like a threat. Yeah, one of four from three is probably what we can expect from him. Um, four rebounds. I mean, he 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 played well. Um, 
No, I like. I definitely like. Don't want to like douse the fire. Like, you know, no. Like, he definitely played as well as we thought he could. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think he he still made mistakes. I I, I definitely don't want to like give the impression that I thought he had a mistake free game or anything. Um, but I just thought that that was a game again with sort of Kansas State's deep backcourt, which ended up kind of being underwhelming in the end, but I just thought Marquette probably needed some other um, backcourt scoring that wasn't from the Housers, and the Housers um, were kind of invisible. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if it was totally their faults or anything. They they each had six rebounds, which is good. Um, uh, Sam had foul trouble. Joey has an ankle issue. Um, Sam got face guarded by Dean Wade and forced out of the game in the first half. Um and so they needed that secondary option, and Sakar was a really solid secondary option, and was you know being relied on to uh, you know create with his slashing, which is which is what he does. And I don't, while I don't think he was perfect by any means, obviously he did well. Yeah, Ken Palm has him uh, under a hundred for offensive rating, which is not super ideal, but it was it was his best output um, this season, and. He deserved to play the all but one minute that he did, um, yeah. which you probably haven't said that about him this year. You probably haven't thought like, "Oh, Sakarianum is really playing well um, until that game." So it was good to see him sort of take initiative in a big game and and pick up the slack, um, especially when sort of the Housers were, you know, being game planned out of it for a lot of in a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, again, I don't think he was perfect. I think he still made a lot of mistakes. Um, and that miss dunk he had was, was yeah. comical. It was so awful. It was just like, they could have like, I mean, they, they the game was over. They had yeah. put it away already, but like the crowd was, was begging for that exclamation point to just really put the capper on it. And he just chunked it. It yeah. was so, it was like the, the most uh, perfect non-dunk of all Yeah. Time. It was like. It was like the the fast break was like awesomely like style stylish and just flashy and then he just chunked it off the rim. It was so bad. It's like he aimed for like the back <sighs> of the rim. I feel so bad for him. He's, he he deserved yeah. that. He had a good game. Yeah, um, he nothing about his performance defensively stood out to me in terms of it was good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so he must have done what he was asked to do against that experienced backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um, the big guys from Marquette, um, uh, I don't think you could probably say that any of them played particularly well. Um, I think that they were struggling, though, with the fact that that game was being officiated to where if Theo John like flinched, he was getting called for a foul. Yeah. Um, I don't think he played well, and I thought Wojo um, took him out um, and was very there was one stretch of the game I don't remember exactly when but where it was very clear that Theo was not like Wojo was not going to Theo um and I actually I I was fine with that um just given the way um it unfolded um and yeah it was brutal I mean Ed Morrow and Theo John they I mean they couldn't they couldn't move without getting a foul called on them it was really rough like Matt Helt played his customary sort of uh end of the first half when both of them have two fouls roll but like, I mean, Ed and Theo just like they couldn't they couldn't get into any sort of rhythm because anytime there were there was someone you know for Kansas State going to the basket it was going to be a foul, and 
so it's hard to sort of have takeaways about them when the game was being officiated as just atrociously as it was. Yeah, and it, like, don't get us wrong, the game was ba- uh, like awfully officiated both ways. There oh was yeah, a, there was a lot of oh, calls no. that Kansas State should not have been called for. I would say Same for Marquette. I would say just given how the game ended up playing out and how, um, uh, you know just the volume of fouls, I would say Kansas State, if anybody has a gripe on sort of where the officiating was slanted towards, um, but also, like, the, it was just so bad and so, it dominated the game so much that it was just, like, you can't really, like, say that it was, like, in any sort of advantage for either team just because of how just miserable it was, and I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate that college basketball has games like that. Um, but it does, um, and for me, again, I said this earlier, but I didn't really think it took away from the overall experience of the game, um, because, uh, it was, uh, you know, not a defining victory necessarily, but it was a victory that Marquette, um, it was there for the taking for Marquette, because that Kansas State team had not played anyone good, and they were playing in a difficult road environment, um, the crowd got up for it, and Marquette delivered, and, so, you know, I don't think it was a perfect game by any means. And like you said before, Marcus was sort of, uh, the team was sort of shielded offensively by the fact that Marcus went for 45 and was in total killer mode. Um, but also you could probably rely on that occasionally. Yeah, I mean, Marcus going for 45 isn't a bad thing. No. <laughs> and sometimes we're just going to have to ride the fact that he is that elite offensively. Yeah. Like sometimes we're just going to have to be like, okay, go. Right. Help us. We're, we're helpless otherwise. Yeah, so. but I mean, he's going to average like 23 points a game this season. Yeah. And so, like, he is going to go for 40 multiple times. And so, just by virtue of, like, how he will put games together like that. And so, I just think, while you can say sort of like, oh, Marquette, you know, uh, got away with a lot of deficiencies because of just how good Marcus was. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they're gonna That's, someone's gonna have to game plan, and yeah. that was a tough guard matchup for Marcus, and he yeah. freaking torched it. Yeah, uh, I mean, part of your game plan is like you you can't just have a system and say this is the system, this is how it works, and just have all the pieces work. Sometimes you have to go. Oh wait, wait, we have this kid. Yeah, like. Play in the system, but if he's hot, just uh, yeah, just go and let him and let him go. Because like, if if he's playing like that, like yeah, look out, rest of the Big East and country, because that's Marcus, Marcus in Top Gear. And again, we should mention that it was told to me that Marcus was so sick that he needed an IV on Thursday. Um, it was reported that he was sick all week and didn't practice the last two practices before the game. Um, and so the I mean, Marcus flu game. Yeah, it's, it was the Marcus flu game, and yes. what what a job! I mean, you, you can't. There's not no praise is too much for how good he was, and um, I think the one thing that you want to see him and uh, broadly the rest of the team start working on is you know making more of their three pointers. But um, you know, it, there there are different ways to win with this team this year that there weren't in years in. Uh, you know, the two years before when defense was completely incompetent and they needed to shoot the lights out to be able to win. This is a team that can win um, with their defense and can win with execution um, beyond just sort of raining uh, holy hell from three. Um, It's nice. It's really nice. It's really, isn't it nice? (laughs) God, it's so nice. 
Um, I guess um, Joseph Chartuni um, was sort of a not a bright spot. Um, I, it was. I don't know if he was. I don't know if I would say he played badly. Um, but he had four more turnovers. Um, now he had seven rebounds and eight assists or five assists, which is nice. Um, but again, just like there were, there were times when they're up by low teens in the second half, um, and or low double digits, and Chartuni is using the possession, and they're not getting the ball to Marcus. And I'm just like, the dude has 35 points. Give him the ball. Like, what are you doing? And he would like either um, make an interesting passing decision, or I, I guess the, the, my thing with Chartouni is I, I think Marquette needs Chartouni to be steady, to be as good as they can be. Um, but there were just times where he was immensely frustrating with his decision-making. And you want and decision-making, just the way you just treat experience in college basketball decision making is like one of those things that you would expect a dude that's been in college for five years to be able to do yeah and it's just like I don't know I still make bad decisions and I went to college for okay, five years okay you're right you didn't <laughs> play any basketball that's a great that's a great <laughs> point by you um but uh yeah I don't know I I struggle with Chartouni right now because I know that Marquette needs him and Marcus needs him because Marcus needs to be able to, you know, not have to run the show all by himself um, in certain instances. Yeah. But it was a struggle um, with him yesterday, and it's frustrating because you, you'd want um, the things that he's not that he's struggling with are the things that you would expect a younger, less experienced player to struggle with. It's not like he's just not making shots or he's he's struggling you know with decision making and turnovers and it's just like eh, please yeah, do better i mean i think my big thing with it um i agree that mark marquette's gonna need him to be on his game um my biggest i guess point of disappointment with it is that um the things that he's struggling with are the things he didn't struggle with and were the reasons he was brought to marquette right being a ball handler being a passer being yeah, uh, you exactly. know, an older mentor figure and a leader. Um, yeah. You know, the things that he was supposed to be really good at, he's been struggling with, and yeah. I don't know why. I will say um, there was a point where he had a steal, which was super nifty looking yesterday. Where you're like, okay, he's good for that once or twice a game at the very least. Or in the case of the game earlier this week, seven times. Yeah. Or yep. Was that earlier this yep. week where he had seven? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was incredible. Um, but, yeah, I guess, um, like you said, you want to be able to rely on a player with that kind of experience um, in big moments. And it was almost the opposite. It was like, no, get someone else the ball. Um, Jamal Kane, we should talk about. Um, the, the one minute he played? Yeah. Um, so he was very clearly in the Charleston Southern game, benched to start the game. Um, he uh, didn't check in until very late in the first half, and it was at that point where I was like, oh, wow, Jamal Kane hasn't played. Um, now he didn't play at all, um, and except for the final minute against uh, Kansas State. 
um, which is concerning because this is a legit rotational piece that is not in the rotation right now. Um, and it appears is not in the rotation because Steve, he's in Steve Wojciechowski's doghouse. I mean, it, it, it very clearly uh, seems like he's in the doghouse. And it's very frustrating that that's the case because I think he's a high potential kind of player. And I worry um, that um, him not being on the court is going to uh, have some uh, negative effects uh, on the program long term, whether it's him seeing that he's sort of the odd man out and not wanting to hang around much longer. I don't want to speculate on that, but I think we have seen that um, with Wojo and Buzz uh, before that it can get really frustrating when you're not getting the minutes that you're expecting um, and that you expected. Um, I think um, it's got to be just frustrating for him to not play. And it's it's tough because I think Jamal Kane is a really good athlete at, at the very least. Like, even if he's not executing overall, I mean, the way he can jump for defensive rebounds, that's, I think, his, his number one defining skill at this point in his career, along with the corner three. Um, but, yeah, I mean... He hasn't played great, so the the benching. He, I mean, he's played, so he's played nineteen minutes in the last three games after averaging just over fifteen for the first five. Um, so he's uh, you know he's really seen a hit, and it's unfortunate. But I don't know. I guess um, there could be something going on uh, within the program that we don't know about. But I guess the benching seems a little harsh based on. Um, I mean, I. I don't know if it's harsh more so. I'm just confused by it. I mean, yeah. he definitely hasn't had the, the brightest start to the year. Right. For, that is certainly a true statement. But I, I just don't understand what could have happened internally that would see him nailed to the bench like that. Right. It does feel like there's something going on internally because, again, he's been not great but not as bad as getting completely taken out of the rotation in a big game. Um, Where his athleticism could have been used yeah. as a defender or a rebounder or Correct. anything. Like, there's just not, nothing about that move screams this is a basketball-only decision. To yeah, it, se- it, it seems like there definitely could be some more going on. Um, I will say... Um, in a lot of ways, his skill set is similar to Brendan Bailey's. And if Wojo feels Brennan Bailey is playing better than Jamal Kane, it makes sense that Brennan Bailey is playing more than Jamal Kane. Yeah, I agree um, with that. But I don't know if that's necessarily enough to sort of explain it all away. Sure. Um, but I will say that, you know, Brendan really came on against Charleston Southern. Um, he played fairly well yesterday. I don't know if I would have said he was he was great yesterday. Um, but he's he's seems to be growing into the role that he... Um, you know, thank God they've taken him out of the starting lineup and are adjusting his role accordingly to what it should be. Um, but anyway, um, I'd be interested to see what Jamal Kane's role looks like going forward. Yeah. Um, because he's a, a player that I think most people around the program have been excited about and probably maintain their excitement about. Uh, anything else you want to touch on about Kansas State? Um, you know, small sample size theater for it, but Ed Morrow looked pretty good um, besides the yeah, fouling situation. I think um, so. You know, five rebounds, two two from the floor, um, was a confident defender, um, was a threat offensively. Um, and I mean, when he took shots, he made them, so that's all that really matters. 
Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, that, that's the only other thought I really had that we haven't already gotten to. Yeah, um, I, I agree though with the Ed Morrow um, observation. Um, I feel a lot more confident in relying on him um, to be a stellar five. Um, than I would have said two weeks ago, I felt. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I think he's started to um, limit the mistakes he's making. And again, like we've been saying, I think he um, got uh, shortchanged by the officiating yesterday. Um, well, most most players did. Right, everyone so. did. And so it's hard to have takeaways, but I think he's really been growing into the role. I agree. Um, I feel a lot better about how he's played. Um, okay, uh, switching gears, um, as we're probably about halfway through here, uh, switching to Wisconsin. Um, that is something that's happening that uh, is on Saturday. That is certainly a thing. Uh, this is a game that I, I think you probably would agree with this, feel significantly differently about um, now than I would have maybe a month ago. Uh, just because I think Wisconsin has been playing pretty pretty well, yeah, it's you know um, the the cardinal sin of Marquette <sighs> fandom. But Wisconsin might actually just be a really good basketball team. Yeah, and it feels gross to even say that, but yeah. they I, might be. <laughs> I I still think um, like I watched them play Stanford. Um, I was home for Thanksgiving. My uh, mom's side of the family are huge Stanford people, so I watched. Um, Stanford and um, Wisconsin and I watched the entire second half and wanted to gouge my eyes out at the end because it was just miserable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wisconsin made a three for the first time in the game with under a minute left and I was just like oh what the hell this is terrible. Um, But I think like again and maybe it's just because they're an experienced team they have a star like Ethan Happ and they have a system that they stick to um, they're beating teams that um, are in the periphery of potential tournament teams. I mean, Oklahoma, North Carolina State, and Iowa combined, um, one of those being a home game, one of those being neutral, and one of them being away, um, that's a good set of, uh, you know, it, none of those are like knock your socks off wins, um, but that's a good set of teams to have beaten in a non-conference schedule. Um, and it, and the fact that they've won all three of them sort of shows, um, that, uh, they are sort of consistently a team that finds ways to win. Um, and they, I mean, they are what they are a lot of times though. I mean, they're not turning the ball over at all. They're, you know, seventh in the country in turnover rate offensively, they're playing slow, although not. They're playing miserably slow. Yeah, they're they're uh, bottom 10 in tempo. Um, oh, God. Why why do people let basketball like that exist? Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing, I guess, that they're doing really well that they don't always do super well is they're shooting threes really well this year. Um, and a big part of that, and uh, I have to sort of – eat some crow here because I said this guy was not a great basketball player, but he has really been good, is Demetric Trice, uh, 58% three-point shooter so far this season, and that's, like, not a super small sample. I mean, 28 of 48, that's a a fair... Kid can ball. That's a fair amount of attempts at this point in the season, Um, and he's playing really well, and he's running the point for them, and he's... Uh, he's asserted himself as a legit second option uh, offensively next to Hap. So um, I think going into the season, we didn't really have that 
opinion of Dimitri Trice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for him to have really stepped up, um, and he, he and Hap are both scoring identical 17.4 points per game. Um, so to have him be the legit, uh, you know, wingman there is, is really helpful for Wisconsin. I, and I think it was one that maybe they weren't necessarily relying on. Um, otherwise though, I think the team is fairly, they are who we thought they were. Um, uh, I mean, Nate Roivers is doing large stretch four things. Um, or stretch five, I guess. Uh, yeah. Ethan Happ is, you know, he's number one in Ken Palm right now. He's he's doing, 0 of two from three. Yeah, he still hasn't made one. What a bummer. Um, he's doing, um, you know, he's doing all the things that Ethan Happ does. He's passing well, rebounding well, scoring, uh, and uh, he, he's the he's the total package. But he's always been the total package as a college basketball player. Um, and he's just executing it to a T right now, and the team is good enough um, around him. Um, I guess an interesting player, um, and the player that everyone is interested in with Wisconsin, sort of that could be sort of a pivot point for their season is Brad Davison. Um, Can we punch him now, please? Yeah, I know. And you know, it was so fu- it's so appropriate that um, sort of the week before the week of of the Marquette Badger. Badger game um, that Davidson goes viral for a charge montage like what a what a guy like fire the intern at just the end who made that just, montage oh it's so bad it's so annoying and I guess what really is annoying about it is that um, Marcus Howard has gotten a little uh, pushy with his uh, with his off elbow. Um, Lately, um, the end of the Louisville game, Jay Billis wouldn't shut up about it, um, and Seth Greenberg yelled about it in the post game. Um, he was doing it a little bit against Kansas State. Um, there was a moment I distinctly remember him drawing a foul, and you know the whoever the guard was for Kansas State that was guarding him looked right at the ref and asked for the push off again. And you wonder whether the sort of confluence of Davison going viral for the charges. And Marcus getting his elbow noticed a little bit more and more could potentially create some really annoying scenarios next weekend um, because it strikes me as Davison will likely spend a lot of time in the vicinity of Howard, if not guarding him the full time. I, I don't admit to know whether Trice or Davison is their best uh, perimeter defender. I'd imagine Davison just because that's his reputation as just sort of a guy that dogs people. Um, and so I, I mean, I really, really worry that, you know, Davison's going to be sort of flopping in front of Marcus all game, and that could potentially create some really difficult and annoying scenarios for Marquette. Um, one thing I will say about Davidson is he's not having a good season offensively. Um, he's, his, uh, efficiency numbers are not good, um, he is uh, shooting 35% from the field, um, which is bad um, for anyone. Um, yeah. More understandable for a guard, but especially one that is you know undersized. Um, but he's scoring, he's their third scorer in the season. He's got nine and a half points a game, but he's not shooting, not shooting it well from deep. Um, the his uh, sort of saving grace, um, more or less, is that he's a really good free throw shooter. Um, but yeah, thirteen of thirty four inside the arc, ten of thirty outside. The, both of those are um, subpar numbers for a guard um, of his 
reputation. So I will say he's probably a little um, overrated on that end of the ball. But again, he's all sort of intangible effort and um, flops. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, that could that scares me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, he's going to do it. Yeah, he's we, really going to. We, we know that, that he's going to die on that hill of flopping on the charges. And, you know, there's I forget the sports writer that uh, retweeted me. Uh, saying it, but he's sort of Su- that's a, a subtle flex there by you, but okay. Yeah, what up? Um, subtle so, flex. I forget the sports writer who retweeted me. Wow. Moving moving on from that, uh, <laughs> it's just like he started doing a compilation of like all of the things like coach's kid, gym rat, oh like, yeah, gritty, sure. like t- stuff like that. Yeah, I'm like stop, stop. I'm Bo Ryan, and I'm going to faint. Yeah, like yeah. this is Brad Davison is the epitome of like. A, I, and I know Greg Gard's the coach now, but he is like the apparently like a Bo Ryan like. Right. He's like he's little, like a, little little wiry annoying white kid that's going to like be like JP McCurrow was for Xavier. Like yeah. he's going to get in your head. In fact, he, he did the Gator Trump. Yeah, when they were beating Xavier. What a what a apt comparison that is. So yeah, like he's going to get in your head. He's going to play tough. He's going to. Be a you know, pardon my French here, but be a little bit of a shithead. Yeah, and that's something you're just going to like. And he is very good at it. That's something mm-hmm. you have to think about. So I think all of this week in practice will be uh, Wojo telling Marcus, "You are not putting that elbow out." I wonder if they just have like Camerata like re like guard Marcus in practice and then just like reenact Davidson flopping. That would be so entertaining. That would be. In- that- can we get that practice footage, please? I would, I would, lo- I would Market love that. Athletics? Yeah, honestly, just like as a as a dummy thing, just like release it, um, just to like psych him out. Just be like, have Cam just like flopping aggressively in front of Marcus in practice, just to prepare for it. Yeah. Um. Anyone else on Wisconsin? Um. Beside, wow, that was a. I hate how I just said on Wisconsin in rhythm right there. I hate it. Um. I. Anyone else besides uh, Trice Davidson, Hap, and I guess I touched on Roivers a little bit that you worry about. I mean, Kobe King for me is like a player that has potential to be a difference maker for them. But I was just uh, sort of preparing to make a point about him, and he has uh, he has disappeared uh, in recent games. Uh, he's he's been contributing. He's been playing more minutes, but um, contributing less offensively. Um, as the uh, season has gone on in the last couple weeks here. Um, so that's probably not a point I can make. Um, I just else? remember that a couple years ago, Khalil Iverson, of all people, torched us um, at the Bradley Center. Sure. So um, he's always played somehow really well against Marquette. My um, favorite Khalil Iverson stat was that he went 0 for 24 from 3 last year, and he, he still hasn't made one yet this year. Um, that's a that's a fun fact that I enjoy greatly. Um, yeah, I mean Khalil Iverson for sure. I mean he's a um, he's only six five, but he he plays longer than that, and and sort of yeah. will he's a three four switch at 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 six five, um, and he'll probably start and um, be a uh, he's he's going to be one of the two guys harassing a Hauser. Yeah, no, exactly, and and he's uh, physically capable of that yeah. for sure. Um, I guess the other guy to mention is like Brevin Pritzel. If we really, I just can't take his name seriously. <sighs> he honestly, like, because of Davidson, he gets such a pass about being like that like, same kind of player, just like mm. undersized white, like pest kind of player. Um, he's the same way. Um, he 
has been a good shooter in the past, a decent shooter in the past. Um, he's kind of struggling um, as the season has gone on a little bit. Um, he had a good game against Iowa, uh, 12 points, efficient 12 points. Um, so I guess Pritzel is a guy that off the bench could contribute. Um, I don't really worry about him because I don't think he's super... He's, there's no sort of like athletic challenge with him. I guess it's just like don't leave him open and like don't let him get in rhythm. Um, Demetric Trice and Brad Davidson and the potential of like Kobe King and, and Khalil Iverson to do something athletically worries me a lot more than Pritzel. Um, although you never know um, who could get hot in a game like that. Um, also, Aleem Ford is back, um, which was something I know that when we had talked about it at the beginning of the season when he was hurt. Um, he, he, we were like, oh, well, that's going to really challenge them, um, depth wise. And he's doing exactly sort of what, um, we, um, projected in that conversation. I mean, he's, he played 11 minutes, um, against Iowa. Um, and he's obviously the, he and Roivers are interchangeably sort of the guy next to Hap role. Um, when Hap isn't playing the five. Um, Noted non-Ethan Hap big guy. Yes, exactly. And they sort of play it interchangeably. They offer, um, you know, slightly different skill sets. So again, Roivers um, was a guy that has been a a stretch kind of player in seasons past. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the biggest challenge, uh, Ethan Hap is what he is and will very consistently... Get his put. Yeah, he'll put up very um, consistent games within this offense, and he will have his role. If you can get him in foul trouble, that's a game changer for Marquette. And if you are having troubles doing with him, play uh, whack whack a hat. Yes. Yes. Right. Just still not a good free throw shooter. Um, yeah. Let me pull up his stats on the season. It's bad. Yeah, it's just a, tuck, a tick under 50%, which yeah. is actually worse than he's been. Wow, he's getting worse. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's 13 to 28 this year, 46%. He was 55 last year and 50 the year before. So, yeah, I mean, he's not a good free throw shooter. So, yes, uh, if you have to give some fouls, give them on him and send him to the free throw line. Um, but uh, I, Demetri Trice is the, probably the player that worries me the most just because you kind of know what Hap will be. Um, Davidson has not been a super good offensive player this season. So if Demetric Trice is um, making his shots, especially three-pointers, and is, is getting decent looks uh, in the course of the offense, that's where I think Wisconsin offers the most individual challenge um, outside of sort of the, the clearly known quantities. Um, but I guess probably the biggest overall challenge is will Marquette be able to get openings and can they force Wisconsin um, to play a little bit fast, if not, um, yeah, if this create is, some turnovers yeah. because Wisconsin doesn't turn the ball over, and Marquette's defense, while it's been great, has been more of a force bad shots, not turn the other yeah. team over kind of defense so far this year. Yeah, I mean, um, keys to beating this Wisconsin team um, is don't let somebody else besides Hap get going because Hap will score. Yeah, and honestly, I. I think that we might actually be one of the better matchups for Wisconsin. Our defense has shown that they are actually pretty decent. And um, we have a bunch of length and a bunch of athleticism. And, you know, so we have like a Sakar Annam and a Jamal Kane 
and a Chartunian who you can throw at Trice and just say blanket him. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad Davison hasn't been great offensively. That's fine. Let Marcus guard him. You know, like yeah. Like I just see all these different things, and like Joey's stupid lawn, so he'll be able to deal with Roivers just fine. And it'll really come down to like, does Khalil Iverson or Kobe King um, torch us because they're the ones getting guarded by Sam, or you know, like yeah. Like, I just think like a if lot the, of well, it, if those are the questions we're asking about yeah. this defense, and not like, not like, oh dear God, will they like even like show up to play defense right. anymore? It's good. It's also kind of corny. A couple of things. Um, I think Ethan Happ creating will be a big will be a big uh, uh, factor if Ethan Happ is able to, um, you know, because he, he's their he's their leader in assists um, by by a wide margin. Um, five assists a game. Trice is at two and a half. Um, so if Ethan Happ is able to sort of um, either pass out of doubles or you know just create as a player. Uh, Offensively, I think that's probably a big factor if he's able to sort of find open shooters or you know set up offense um, with his um, in the way that he draws attention. Um, the other thing I say, and it's really terrible, crappy analysis, but I'm going to say it anyway, is it's one of those games where you just throw those guys on the court, and it's you know it's Marquette, Wisconsin. The players on the court know it. The people in the stands know it. The coaches know it. It's a it's a hugely um important um matchup especially on the marquette side um as badger fans will often try to say that it's not a real rivalry um that annoys me but whatever you know you whatever helps them sleep at night um but yeah i mean it's just like you kind of throw the records out i guess to a certain extent in a game like that and it's a lot of just like um i think the crowd will be huge for marquette i think the crowd is huge against kansas state um, and I and imagine, although the only thing is, it'll probably be somewhat split. Yeah, that a lot of Badger fans end up going to those games, um, and so um, it won't be totally like um, I, the Marquette fans will get really loud, um, and the students will be there to help, and it'll be it'll be meaningful to a lot of students. But I think the atmosphere ends up being always a little bit split. But at the same time. Um, it's one of those games where the emotion is so high on both sides that a lot of sort of the preparation going into the game um, matters a lot less than once it sort of, you know, they get out there on the court and start um, going at each other. Yeah, I mean, um, so is it a, a day of good, wholesome fun? Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing is the crowd would probably be significantly drunker than it was on Saturday. Yeah, whoever scheduled that at... 4 p.m. Yeah, yeah, that was that was interesting. Interesting choice by that person. Uh, It's I'm sure it's TV related, but yeah, uh, yeah, 4 p.m. gives uh, the state of Wisconsin ample time to be nice and liquored up by the time uh, game time swings around. Just don't throw punches in the stands. Yeah, be nice to each other. Like be respectful to your fellow Wisconsinite. Also, anonymous eagle. I'm sure I can't speak for everybody on the the staff, but I I think it'd be shared by most of them. Um, please don't chant F the Badgers. Please yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, but, like... I, honestly, don't. like, that one, yes. Okay, I'm, it's very, like, on it, like, profanity aside, like, it's very lazy to just chant, like, F you at an opponent. Um, the one that actually really pisses me off is when they do it to Nova, because it's like, I know that Nova, like, 
is a team that's very good that we play regularly, but, but, but like, like a rival rival. Team. Yeah, they're not like a super like heated rival, and like they've also like totally saved the reputation in the conference. Uh, so I don't actually like have animosity towards them, um, especially when they're winning national championships for us. Um, I will say though, like yeah, the the F the Badgers thing's gonna happen. It's gonna be a little. Um, it's always tasteless. Yeah, just, just don't. It, it'll it'll like come out in like very random times too. It's just yeah. when like the the drunk students that are like oftentimes going to their first or second game of the season will just decide to just like really flare up and go, and it kind of makes sort of the more traditional people mad. Um, it's yeah, it's not clever. Uh, it's gonna happen. Whatever. Like it's yeah, just. Just keep it to a minimum. Make I good guess. Deci- make good decisions. Yeah, kids. make good choices. Don't don't get into fights. Uh, make it through the game. Try to remember the game, especially if it's going to be a good one. Um, I think we still both expect to win, though, right? Um, I mean, I noted pessimist Sam Newberry, but I think that this this is a, just like the Kansas State game to me. This is a game that is there to yeah. be won, and a game that we have every right to be in. Yeah. Like, like, if we're getting blown out, something's gone wrong. In hindsight, I do feel coming in now that, like, okay, Wisconsin is probably legitimately slightly better than Kansas State just at this stage. Um, but also, I am not intimidated by um, the kind of style that Wisconsin plays. I think Marquette, um, you know, obviously the offense has struggled a little bit, but um, the offense is extremely capable of, um, you know, putting the Badgers um, in some rough spots. And again, like, Demetri Trice, he's he's sort of the X factor for me in that the way he's been playing offensively could actually legitimately challenge Marquette. I think if Marquette just needs to figure out, okay, Hap and his passing, then that's like, okay, that's manageable for sure. Um, but yeah, Demetri Trice offers something that worries me. I still expect to win. Um, I think it'll be... Um, Ken Palm has it, um, a one point victory for Wisconsin. Um, at this point, I'll pull up Bartovic really quick. I imagine. Right, I would imagine. Similar. Yeah, I'd imagine they're pretty similar. Um, and I don't know what I expect the the Vegas line to be. Um, the Vegas line close. Can, the Vegas line closed for Kansas State at two and a half in favor of Marquette. Um, which I remember seeing and being like, wow, that's really weird. Like I would not expect to be like a significant. Like that's obviously not significant. But I wouldn't expect it to be uh, be favored. And uh, Bartovic, by the way, has Marquette by one. Huh. So that'll probably be um, a very similar line. I bet it, it could easily be a pick 'em, especially just because it's a rivalry game, and they could just say pick 'em straight up. So I think it's uh, it's a, you're right. It's another one that's there to be had. Um, and I would hope that Marquette uh, could get the job done because I think. Um, it, it does seem like the Badgers might end up actually being contenders in the Big Ten this year. We weren't totally sure about that coming in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, uh, when you're at home and you're in a rivalry game, um, let's uh, let's try to win this one. And yeah. uh, I, I, I think they're more than capable of doing so. And um, I if I had to go one way or another, since it's at home and um, since Wisconsin... Wisconsin is Wisconsin. Um, I would lean. Uh, I'd lean towards Marquette. Yeah, um, I think that uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and I guess Marcus Howard probably would be a big determining factor of that. Yeah, because um, if he's anywhere near what he was against Kansas State, then uh, good luck. Uh, 
Wisconsin. I don't yeah. really think there's that's going to be within the realm of possibility to be stopping. Um, all right. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, when we talk to you next week, we'll be um, still on the high from a beautiful victory. Um, and if not, uh, that'll probably be a really depressing podcast. But we will uh, we will try our best to be uh, have sunny dispositions. And and uh, if not, Sam might have even worse yeah. of a voice from the amount of yeah booze consumed. It could be it could be a rough it could be a rough Saturday night uh, if that yeah. doesn't go. Well, right. I th- it's probably going to be a rough Saturday night either way you look at it. But one but it, celebratory okay. would be better than not, right? Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us again, guys, and uh, talk to you next week.